You provide all that we need and more. We thank you for the, the ability to give to our missionaries who go where we can't go or wouldn't go and, and do the things that, uh, that we like to see them do in terms of, of sharing the name of Jesus with people who still need to hear. We thank you so much for the offering, and we ask, Lord, that you would always direct us in, in the way that it should be spent. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Wayne. You're going to be hearing from Wayne in just a moment or so. Hey, last week, if you were here, maybe you recall that I started the sermon off by simply asking, have you ever lost anything? Right now, we're going to lose all of those four-year-old through fourth graders as they head to youth church. They're going to head down that way. And um, hey, we asked this question. We said, have you ever lost anything? You ever lost anything? You ever lose your glasses? You ever lose your phone? You know, you ever lose the remote control for your TV and you're looking around? You're, you know, you're looking. You've lost things. You've lost things. You've lost things. And we said this last week. We said, uh, the truth is, the more valuable that that item is, the more valuable that that thing is that you've lost, uh, the uh, the harder you're going to search for it. You see, it's harder you're going to, you're going to try to find it, right? Uh, you know, if your wedding band and falls off someplace, you're, you know, you're scrambling, right? You're going after that guy. And, um, and so the more valuable it is, the more you're going to look for it. Then we ask this question, are you looking, are you looking for God? Are you looking for him? Are you trying to bring him into your life? We said there's a few ways that we can do that. Uh, we said one of the ways we can do that by listening to scripture, pouring scripture into our life. We said another way that we can, uh, we can do that is by fasting. When you deny yourself something that you want, uh, it forces you to say, God, I need your help to get through this time. And so you lean into and rely on God more. And we said another way... Now that you do that is by surrounding yourself with other people in your life. Are you looking? Are you looking for God? This morning, uh, we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to be talking about uh, how to pray, when to pray, why to pray. We're going to talk about prayer. And uh, um, this morning in Sunday school, uh, Wayne read a letter that came from one of the missionaries that we support. His name is Wing Wong, and uh, he works in China. And uh, just Wayne, come on up here. I'm going to have him read to you uh, just how things are when it comes to your faith in another country, China. We get uh, updates from Wing and his team uh, every month, and this came in just this last week. It says, Dear Mission Partner in Christ, he thanks us first of all, but anyway, whether it's atheism in the classroom or high-pressure environments, Christian parents in China struggle to find a space that best serves their children. Chinese public curriculum, public school curriculum, teaches that God does not exist and compares all religious beliefs, including Christianity, to superstition. In the past few years, many Christian schools run by churches were unable to operate since the government turned its attention toward shutting down churches and Christian schools. The authority forces parents to send their children to public school, and homeschooling is illegal. New religious instructions further complicate the situation. Children under 18 are not allowed to attend church activities in person or online. Our brothers and sisters find it hard to educate and nurture their children spiritually. This is how our HES program comes into place. And this is a program that Wing and his team have have, uh, developed. It's called Homeschool English Supplementary. So they go into China and in the guise of teaching children how to speak English, they also teach them about Jesus. 
Praise the Lord that HES is now running smoothly in China with five classes per week. Children coming to us are not just learning English, but also affords the time for them to develop a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. We also have the opportunity to extend the HES program into Taiwan and hopefully Hong Kong as well in the future. Please pray for our team that will make more disciples in China and lead more children down a path where they will be influenced by God. Please also pray for Brother Kui, I think it is, Q-I-U, in Sichuan, who is homeschooling his children illegally. There is a crackdown on churches in Christian schools, and we pray the Lord will protect our homeschooled children so that they can grow up in a Christian environment as well as clinging to our Lord Jesus Christ in times of persecution. We praise the Lord for modern technology that we can store the Chinese Bible, Bible study, and discipleship training materials on a tiny digital device which looks like a business card. We are planning to transport hundreds of them into China this year since the Chinese government is rewriting the Bible. We have an urge to preserve the truth for our brothers and sisters over there. Please pray for our gospel journey. Pray that all materials that we bring into China will be safe during transportation and will be distributed in every part of China. May God lead us past barriers to hearts which are ready to receive his word. And I will tell you, too, that Wing always says at the end of each one of his letters, please be careful how you disseminate this information. It could fall into the wrong hands, believe it or not, with worldwide Internet. So we don't want this to get to China. Steve, thanks. All right. <clears throat> thanks, Wayne. Um, just for uh, American government class, um, understand that uh, that's a communist country, and they have total control over um, what uh, schools are rewriting the Bible. They're making uh, religion illegal. Um, and so we need to pray. We need to pray. Uh, you know how a satellite works, right? Uh, I can get on my cell phone here. I can talk to my uh, mother-in-law and, and uh, my father-in-law in California, and it sort of bumps up to the satellite and drops back down over there, right? We can pray. We can pray for China because it bumps up to God, and God looks down at China, and he takes care of all those things. So we need to be a people of prayer. We need to pray about those things. We need to pray for our own country so it doesn't go down that road, but we need to be a people of prayer prayer. And sometimes we take the idea that we can get together, we can pray together uh, for granted, but uh, we need to be uh, a people of prayer. Listen, in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 6, um, Jesus uh, was thinking, you know, okay, I'm going to start my ministry, and uh, I'm going to have the 12 uh, disciples that I'm, are going to be known as the 12 disciples, and I'm going to pick them tomorrow. I'm going to pick them tomorrow. And so we learned that uh, before Jesus picks these 12 uh, guys, what does he do? Uh, he starts praying in the evening, and he prays all night long, and finally at daybreak, he ends his prayer. And uh, Jesus is talking and communicating with the Father all night long because he's going to be making this big and important uh, decision. And he's Jesus, and he wants to be connected to his Father. Well, uh, Jesus does pick them, and uh, Jesus hangs out with the disciples, and they travel around together, and years go by. And eventually, uh, the the uh, disciples are looking at Jesus, and they're sort of making some comparisons between the way Jesus prays and the way they heard John the Baptist pray earlier. 
earlier. And, and then they finally they go to Jesus and say, will you teach us to pray? Will you communicate to us about how to go about praying? And then Jesus begins to teach them many, many things about prayer. Jesus teaches many things about prayer. So one of the things that Jesus taught about prayer was a thing that we're going to call a pattern of prayer. Jesus teaches a pattern of prayer. Where does that pattern of prayer come from? Well, uh, you know the Lord's Prayer, right? You know the Lord's Prayer. We're going to read it together. Uh, found in the book of Matthew chapter 6. Uh, it's recorded other places, but um, Matthew chapter 6. So it says, uh, here is the pattern of prayer. Maybe you're really familiar with this, and, and you know all of this, but maybe you can tell your friends, okay? So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, where, why does he start that way? Uh, holy is the name of God. Holy means to be set apart. There is only one God. He is above all things that people might attribute as God or consider God. He's above the government. He's above other people. He's above all things. And so he starts with our God. He says, our Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he starts off giving praise and honor to God. That is the first step in the pattern of prayer. That when you pray, you start out acknowledging who God is. Step one, when you pray, God, you are good. You are awesome. You are above every and of everything. You're above all of my family members. You're above my spouse. You're above everything. And I do well to give my life to you because you know what is best for me and you acknowledge God as being the creator and the giver of life and the giver of salvation and all things and that's where you begin your prayer father and heaven holy is your name your name is set apart your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and it says give us today our daily bread so uh, first we're praying uh, that God is good and we acknowledge who he is we acknowledge that his kingdom needs to come here on earth and then we ask for our things that we need to ask for right? It says, give us today our daily bread. And so we can present our request to God after we acknowledge him. This is in the pattern, right? Forgive us our debts as we also forget our debtors, right? There are people uh, that we need to do business with. First of all, mentally, who do I need to forgive? Who have I wronged? Who do I need to seek forgiveness from? And uh, so we, we kind of say, God, there's things that I need in my life. And I know that one of the needs that I have in my life is I need to have my relationships right with other people. Then we can dive into relationships, and there's this pattern. Honor God. Praise Him. Now, what are some needs that I have? Who are the relationship needs that I have? Pray for those things. Forgive us. Uh, verse 13. And lead us not into temptation. Oh, man. You know, uh, we were talking about that in Sunday school this morning. What are you tempted by? What are the what are the very things that tempt you? And then you bring those things to God and say, help me not to be tempted by those things. And sometimes... They're pleasant things, you know, a big bag of sugar. Oh, just think about it. I love big bag of sugar, right? And so there's sweet things that we are tempted. Sometimes they're evil things or revenge and whatever thing, you know, lustful thoughts or addictive behaviors, whatever those things are, um, you pray about those things and present them to God to deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. God, I need to be rescued. China needs to be rescued from the evil one. People need to be rescued from the evil one. And so we, we there's a pattern of prayer. Jesus t- says, this is the outline. You don't need to pray that prayer, the Lord's Prayer. We know it. We memorize it. We don't need to repeat that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, but use it as a pattern. What are the things that Jesus prays about? And then we pray about those things too. Does that make sense? And so Jesus taught first a pattern of prayer. And then uh, Jesus does this in 
in the book of Luke, right after he teaches uh, the uh, the Lord's Prayer, then Jesus tells an example. He gives an illustration. And um, it's all about uh, how you should pray, how often should you pray, and uh, we read about it, and uh, here, here it is. <clears throat> Luke, uh, excuse me, it's um, Matthew chapter 7, right? No, Luke 11, there we go. Luke 11, it says this. Um, then teaching them more about prayer... Uh, he used this story, Jesus did, when he was communicating to his disciples. He says, suppose you want a friend, or you went to a friend's house at midnight. Well, that would be kind of annoying, right? Uh, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You go to your neighbor's house and begin to knock on the door, right? And you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. Now, that's annoying enough, right? Your friend shows up at midnight and says to visit, and I have nothing to feed them, right? And so, next verse, it says, uh, and suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. Your neighbor's there banging on the door and you yell out to him, don't bother me. The door is locked uh, for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, Jesus communicated to his disciples, says, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. You just keep going back and you keep going back and you keep going back and you keep banging on the door and you keep demanding, God, I need this, I need this, I need this. And so right immediately after Jesus teaches his disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer, the pattern of prayer, he communicates to them what we need to do when it comes to our prayer life is we need to be have persistence in prayer. Persistence in prayer. Write that down. So there's a pattern of prayer, and then there should be a persistency in prayer. We just keep praying about it. Keep praying about it. Keep praying about it. You ever wonder why the country seems to be ticking and ticking and ticking farther and farther and farther away from God. Does it feel that way? If you've been around for a little while, it feels like, well, you know, uh, you know, they, they couldn't put stuff like that on TV years ago. You know, and, uh, you never see that kind of behavior in the classroom years ago. Why does it keep tick, tick, tick farther away from God? Maybe, maybe God's not hearing enough that there needs to be revival in our country and that people need to turn back to God instead of rejecting God, and that we need to be a people that are more persistent in our prayers. And Jesus tells us, there's a pattern of prayer, pray about these things. Be persistent in your prayer. And then there's promises, promises, right? There's now promises of prayer. The book of Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8 says, Ask and you will be, say I will be, Say, say, I will be. Okay. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. You know what that means? Think about it. God listens to our prayers. God, he reacts to our prayers and God will hear our prayers. We are to go to God in prayer. 
Uh, this should be an encouragement to us. You ever feel like um, uh, God's not hearing your prayers and kind of feel dried up in your prayer life and you, uh, you want things to change in your life and you keep praying and it just kind of uh, feels really, really quiet and it doesn't seem to be responding or answering. And, and here's what I can tell you. God answers prayer. Sometimes it's very, very frustrating because God says, wait, sit there and wait. You you ever have your kids come up to you and they're kind of pulling on you and they're nagging at you and, you know, mommy, 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 I want, I want, I want, you know, and finally you say, wait, just sit there and wait, you know, you're torturing your kids, right? (laughs) But they're learning patience whether they want to or not. Sometimes God says, wait. Sometimes God answers prayer instantaneously in ways that you cannot even begin to comprehend. Um... Uh, maybe I told you this story before. I don't remember if I told you this story before or not, but uh, it's my favorite prayer story. It's the, the biggest, most impressive prayer story that I, uh, it's happened to me in my life. And uh, I thank God uh, he did this because uh, he wanted to show me who he, who, who he is and what he's about. And, and uh, for the record, I've never had anything like this happen to me before. True story. True story. So uh, uh, years ago, lived in Southern California for nine years and uh, uh, had a couple of dirt bikes. Loved to go dirt bike riding up in the mountains. I've told you before, we just would take off for the day, put the bikes in the back of the truck, and we would just take off and we would hit the trails. And uh, where we would go hit the trails, uh, you could literally park your truck and you could take off and not see anybody else all day long and just ride and ride and ride. You could start down in the desert and make your way all the way up the mountains up to where there was snow on the ground and ride and ride and ride and never see anybody. There are huge jumps and they're so fun. I love it. I just wish I was young again. It's, just, it's so fun to ride motocross and to go dirt bike riding and be out there screaming around with your friends and, and I have a friend Scott Os and Scotty and I were out uh, cruising around flying down the trails and uh, so fun, so fun. Scott's out in front of me and uh, I'm flying down the road probably doing 180 miles an hour. Uh, maybe not, but it felt like it at the time. And uh, going down the road and all of a sudden uh, uh, the back tire on my motorcycle just locks up, just boom, stops, kills the motor, boom. And all of a sudden, I'm in a full-on, real well locked up, just skidding down the thing. And uh, where we were riding, it was steep. There was a mountain coming down, and then there's a little trail that kind of pops out, and then a mountain way down the valley, and uh, flying down the road, back tire locks up. It was so steep that when the bike finally came to a complete stop, I got off my bike, and I just leaned it against the mountain. It was steep. Boom, boom, right? And uh, I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Why is my bike completely stopped here on the road? And so I bend down, and I look. And I, those of you guys, motorcycle guys, uh, there's a, a foot a brake lever, and then there's a linkage that goes back, and then there's a wing nut that's on the back uh, that you can adjust for uh, the, the, your brake. And I don't have any idea why or how or anything happened, but this wing nut that's on there tightened itself up to the point where it totally locked up my my brake done and with all my might I could not move that thing for nothing and I'm leaning down there looking at it we hadn't seen anybody all day uh, we are miles away from the truck and I look down and I say literally I say God all I need is a stinking pair of pliers No longer did I say that out loud. No joke. I'm here, and I hear from on high. You're there on the hillside. Do you need help? (laughs) I turned around, and there on the other side of the valley, 
for the first and only time I had ever seen it before, there was a utility truck that was going to be working on power lines, those giant power lines that go way up with the big three wires that go across there, and he was on his way down a service road to that. No sooner I turn around, I like wave at the guy, and he's looking at me. No, Quentin, this is not, I'm not making this up. I, all of a sudden, I hear, and from the other side of a mountain, whoosh, all of the sudden, unseen, totally heard, until, whoosh, and the rotor wash of a San Bernardino County Sheriff's helicopter is hovering above my head, and I'm looking up, making eye-to-eye contact with the sheriff's office officer that is flying the helicopter, looking down at me. I'm like, I think I'm going to get a pair of pliers. <laughs> and so my friend Scotty gets on his bike, goes over to the, the truck, picks up a pair of pliers, brings them back. I'm able to break that thing loose, turn it back a couple of, and it takes pliers back, and we were back on our way riding. Literally, that happened to me. It was the most incredible, amazing thing. I'd never seen another sheriff's helicopter flying around the area ever again. And all the times I went out there riding, it's the only time I had ever seen a utility alignment truck ever. And boom. So I really think God did that to show me I'm God. And, uh, you know, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I'd like to say I I live my my life every day with the kind of faith that God can do that. But it's the only time he's ever done that. He's answered many, many prayers in my life. But none in such a dramatic and powerful way. But he can. But he can. But he can. It was an incredible, incredible experience. Listen. There's a pattern that Jesus sort of sets out there and says, just start by acknowledging God. He's God. Acknowledge His kingdom, that it will come. Then present your request to God. Pray that the enemy will stay away from you, stay far away from you, and that he will deliver you from the, the evil one. And be persistent in your prayer. And there are promises that God makes. Seek, knock. He's listening. He's in your life. He knows what's going on. And then listen to this. Pursue God in prayer. Matthew chapter 7, verses 9-11. through 11. Which of you, if his son asks you for bread, something to eat, will give him a stone? That's disgusting. Or if he asks for a fish, something to eat, will give him a snake, you know, something that would harm them. If you then, though you are evil, well, listen, me compared to Jesus, yep, I'm evil. If you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts? To the, give good gifts to you, to those who ask Him. Pursue the giver of good. Pursue the giver of good. Pursue God in prayer. He can take care of us beyond our wildest dreams. And so uh, we pray. We're persistent in it. We go to him with expectation. He tells us to ask and to seek and knock. And, and he says in this illustration, you know how to give good gifts. Well, can a big, powerful God do it better than you can? And then listen to this. God invites us to ask him for what we need. 
God invites us to ask him for what we need. God can do anything, and he wants to hear from you. And then James, James gives us a warning. Uh, James gives us a warning, and he says there's even a danger in not going to God. There's a danger in not going to God and asking from him. James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have. Why? You do not have. Why? Because you do not ask. Book of John, chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus came to give life, that we may have life. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came that we may have life and have it to the full. And God invites us to ask him for what we need. He is a good and all-powerful God, and he asks us to spend time with him. What that might mean is that once we've lost the remote control or the phone and we find it, we use the remote control to turn the TV off to make time for prayer. And once we find our phone, we swipe all the stuff off the screen and set it down and make time for prayer. Is prayer a priority? Everyone who asks receives. Write that down. Everyone who asks receives, right? Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you, right? Everyone who asks receives, according to, to Matthew. It writes that down. Then the, big question, the, the question becomes, everyone? Well, who, who is everyone? If everyone receives, who, who is everyone? And in the context that Jesus was talking, uh, when he says, ask and seek and knock, he was always talking to, he was talking to believers, people that believe in Jesus. They are the everyone. In the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Yet to all who receive him, receive Jesus as king, Savior and Lord. To those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. God gives to his children. You are asking your father. But when he he goes through this whole thing about ask and seek and knock, and uh, when he's telling these parables, he, he makes a contrast between a good father and an evil father, right? There's, uh, there's us uh, that, that make mistakes and do things wrong. And, you know, just ask your kids if you ever, you know, lost your temper or, or you know, scarred them or whatever. And they probably come up with a few examples of when uh, we blew it. And when we kind of roll through things in our mind, we can come up with some times that we blew it. But, and so there's this contrast between uh, the good father, God, and the things that we do wrong. And, but we're not praying to our earthly dad for things. We're praying for a good and loving God that cares about us. And we go to him in prayer. And we ask him for things because he is God and we are not. 
and he transcends everything in our life. He is good and he loves us, which begs this question, is God your father? You must be born again to have a new father. You must be baptized into Christ. You must uh, stand and say, I choose to be lowered into a watery grave. I'm dying to my will and my wave. I, I want to be raised again up out of that water to be a brand new person that now lives for Jesus. I want to be adopted into a new family where I have a new dad. And I go to dad and I say, can I please dad? Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I really, 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 really want to be the kind of the man that you want me to be. And God uses everything in our life to shape, to push, to mold, to help us become who he wants us to be when we go to him and ask. He's God, he's real, and he invites us to spend time and communicate with him. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, if you've never been baptized into Christ, then you're not sure if you're in the family or out of the family. That's a conversation I'd like to have with you. I want you to know that you're in the family. I want you to know that God is good and that he loves you and he invites you to be a part of his kingdom. If you know who Jesus is, spend time in prayer. The people in China need us to spend time in prayer. Our neighbors need us to spend time in prayer. Our co-workers need us to spend time in prayers. Our children need us to spend time in prayer. Our spouse needs us to spend time in prayer because when we get closer to God, we are more like Jesus. And that is good for everyone. Let's pray. Father, you are good. You love us. And uh, you love us in spite of us.